I found it helpful to think about our classrooms like a greenhouse. If you imagine a, a greenhouse full of plants and full of all different types of, of growing things, each of them needs different things to help them to thrive. So some plants need much more water than others. Some need more sunshine than others. And some plants, um, their beauty is shown with greenery and other plants are quick to flower and, and show their beauty in that way. And so each of our students, I feel like it's helpful to think about them as being plants, kind of. So they're the plants. Our classroom is the greenhouse. And as the teacher, we are the gardener. And our task, our job as a teacher is to help them or to create a classroom environment where each of the students is able to thrive in spite of their differences. Our job as the teacher, some of us, like we'll need to water here and prune here. We'll need to encourage here and um, challenge them forward, call them to something higher. So each student is needing, is needing different things. Classrooms are diverse places full with diverse people in them and our students have a wide ranging interests and ability levels and backgrounds and cultures and we need to, um, I really believe that we need to embrace them, embrace their differences and what we can learn from each of them. The concept of community and empathy and caring for each other in spite of our differences is something that I feel we should be cultivating in, in the context of our classrooms. Um, I believe as a teacher, we need to be student of our students and be studying how do they learn? How does this student, how can I best help them to, to, to grow and to thrive? How do we begin uh, studying our students and figuring out how to best teach them? Starts with having a foundational understanding of the different learning differences or learning disabilities that students can be facing. And so that's the goal of this video series is to give you some foundational understanding of the various differences that students can be experiencing or people that we come in contact with in life as well. I have here a chart or a graph. And this is a graph that's showing the percentage of students that are receiving services in uh, 2017 and 2018 in the public school system. And if you look at this graph, you will see that the specific learning disabilities category has, is, the, is the largest with 4.6% of students in public schools receiving services with these kinds of needs. Then there's speech and language impairment, other health impairment, autism, and, and the list goes on. In the other category are things like a visual impairment or uh, um, deafness or an orthopedic impairment like, um, cere like cerebral palsy. In this series, we're going to take a look at three specific categories of disabilities that we might experience more often in our Anabaptist schools. The first one is dyslexia, which would fall under the specific learning disabilities category. Then we will look at autism, which falls under its own category there in the yellow. And the third one would be ADHD, which falls under the other health impairment category. Of course, in addition to these disabilities, there's many other 
causes or factors, things that can be impacting a child's success or performance at school. And some of those things could include like trauma or attachment disorders or different behavioral or emotional, um, the different level of emotional or mental health or things like uh, having a limited English language proficiency. All of these things can be playing into a student's, um, how they're doing in school. And so as teachers, we really have to be problem solvers and think about, well, what, what are all the factors here? What are all the different things that could be going on? And uh, sometimes our first take or our first impression is not correct. And so we need to, we need to dig into that and look into and see what, what could be going on and how, how could I be of a help to them. In general, I think there's some things that we should understand about disabilities. First, they can really range from, like, so say that someone has dyslexia. It could range from mild to moderate to severe to profound. It, they, you could have a mild case of dyslexia or a severe case that is very difficult to, to overcome or to, uh, to work with. And so there, there is that range there. Also, I think it's important to understand that for in order for an individual to be diagnosed with one of these disabilities, there there has to be a it has to be a sig significantly impacting their their functioning in life or their performance in their classroom. Um, it's and you know, that's always compared with typical development. So, a child, um, a child like a, a first grader is going to be more moving more readily and that's expected of them um, when we think about something like ADHD it's always compared with what's typical for the the child or the individual um, at their current age sometimes we joke about having disabilities like when we're feeling restless after we sat for a while we kind of joke around like we I have ADHD or something and I I really caution us against that I think that that discredits the fact that these disabilities are real these disabilities are very impactful um, for many individuals and so we yeah let's be careful about how we talk about them also I encourage us to think about our role as educators in that we are professionals and we want to to be doing our job and talking about these kinds of needs in a professional manner. And one one way that I think is important to to think keep in mind when talking about disabilities is using something called uh, person first terminology. And that just means that say that someone has down syndrome, we would we wouldn't say the Down syndrome child, we would say the child with Down syndrome. Or in the same way, we wouldn't have an ADHD child or a dyslexic child, we would have a child with dyslexia or a child with ADHD. It's just a small thing, but I think it can show respect. It can show um, that this is a, they're a child first, and what the, the problem that they're encountering is not defining who they are. Also, I hear a lot, there's a lot of talk about labels and how do we think about those? And uh, there's a lot of, there's pushback on labels. We don't want to, you know, label this person with this, with this um, problem. And we have to be careful with labels. We really do. They don't limit an individual or capture the whole person. That's not, they're not, that doesn't define who they are. And labels also, we don't want to use them as an excuse, as something that um, now I can, I, I don't have to 
be putting forth um, my best effort or I don't need to, like, this behavior is okay because I have this problem. Like, it's not an excuse. And so I do want us, though, to think about labels as being a tool. When, when someone has been diagnosed with a specific disability, it opens up the door for resources. And as, as educators, it helps us all to have a sense, like it helps us to define what's going on, to know maybe where to look for resources, where to, um, it gives us direction for how to help our students whenever we kind of have a better understanding of, of what specifically is going on for them. Labels also, I feel like, can be a relief for some when it's when it kind it kind of can explain why this has been, why school has been so hard for me. It's not that there's something that I'm doing wrong. Um, yeah, it can be an incredible explanation of the challenges, and it, oh, it can also give a way forward. So, as an educator, you won't need to be teaching long to encounter many of these. Uh, disabilities in your classroom. And so I just encourage us to lead with empathy, to, to continue growing and learning as, as educators. Do your research, look into things, and let's be advocates for our students and help them so that they can thrive just like the plants that we talked about earlier. For more free resources that support teaching and learning, visit the docforlearning.org.